Hey folks, welcome to episode 190 of the FW Podcast in Benton, Kentucky. I'm Joey White. I am joined, as always, by the one and Kyle Wood. Yes, sir. Uh, from Hopkins, Minnesota, in case everyone was wondering, worried about that, want to know, he's still there. Beautiful Hopkins, Minnesota. Uh, yeah, I would imagine. It's really hot here today in Benton, Kentucky. Uh, far hotter than I want it to be. Luckily, I will be remedying that ASAP. Um. By leaving, you are gonna take by care leaving of that. Benton, Kentucky. <laughs> um, I'm doing like the best thing you can do to get out of the heat, and that's just you know not participate. <laughs> um, yep, head north. Yeah, but anyhow, so we will get to that. Uh, we have I expect a good show for you today. We have a guest that neither Kyle nor I have planned for or thought about yet, but I am sure that a guest will materialize and you will see their name on the title of this show. Uh, so oh, for we've sure. got that coming. <laughs> it's going to be great. Then Kyle and I are going to talk about fishing. We will talk about the Coast FLW Series Central Division event on Lake Barkley, aka the Gas Burning Championships, and uh, <laughs> also some BFLs and maybe some other stuff because, you know, we usually get into some other stuff somewhere along the way. Sound like a plan? I love it. All right. Well, in that case, here is a mystery angler. Well, our mystery guest this week on the podcast is uh, we're going smallmouth heavy uh, for the podcast. We're going to talk to Josh Douglas, who is currently on the water on Lake Mille Lacs, getting ready for a tournament. Josh, what's going on, dude? What's up, man? Awesome to be here, Kyle. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, sorry for the uh, the short notice. Uh, Jody tasked me with doing the interview this week. Uh, I had some other stuff going on earlier in the week. Kind of forgot about it, but I knew I, I could shoot you a text, and I knew you'd be down no matter what you were doing to jump on with me, so I appreciate it. Yeah, heck yeah, man. We're just rolling around. I'm laying the bottom of my buddy Joe Wheeler's boat. Obviously, you guys know Joe Willett really good at keep winning tournaments on the calling side. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Works out good. He's out there looking, and I'm laying in the bottom of the boat from coffee. I like it. <laughs> it's a pretty sweet system, man. Well, uh, yeah. uh, I suppose you know, for the shout-out for Joel Willard, uh, I guess by the time people are listening to this, there's probably an article on the website. It's a Q&A thing with Joel. Uh, you can learn a little more about the dude who, uh, you know, he's trying to do – um, what I feel like is becoming a, uh, it's not as popular of a thing. You know, he's fishing the co-angler as a, or fishing the tour as a co-angler, working his way to try to get to the pro level. So you can read about that. Um, but enough about him. <laughs> no offense to Joel. Hey, you know, but let me say, I will give him some credit. I think, and I get to roll around with Chad Smith, both of them. Mm-hmm. The thing that I miss most, I wish I would have spent way more time as a co-angler. Uh, you learn so much, and them dudes are doing it so right that they're. I mean, it's it's not a matter of of if, but when they're there, and they're, they're gonna they're gonna be real good out there. They've seen a lot, they've learned a lot, and they you know you, you don't get good unless you're fishing with other people, oh, learning no other tricks and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely uh, hats off to both them guys for doing what they do. No doubt, man. Well, uh, I guess for the folks listening, uh, I'll give kind of a little run in uh, for you know. Who is Josh Douglas? Obviously, Kentucky Lake Tour event we just had. Uh, you're coming off a stellar performance. You finished third. Um, yep. This year, you're sitting pretty in the points, too. You're 35th right now going to St. Clair. 
Uh, things are looking pretty good. That you got a Forcewood Cup qualification uh, maybe coming your way. This is your second year on tour. Um, I guess just kind of give us a rundown, just a little bit about like maybe who is Josh Douglas and uh, you know just kind of your background for the folks that may not be familiar with you. Yeah, right on. Well, I, I'm uh, from born and raised in Minnesota. Um, spent a lot of time, you know, growing up fishing, chasing. Not only bass, large mouth and smallmouth, but you know, you first grow up here, you're chasing toothy critters. You think those are cool, northern and walleye. Oh yeah. It didn't take long before I got that bass bug. I think my first ever smallmouth was up in Pelican Lake by Orr, and it was a four and a half pounder. Uh, but I caught a lot on a Berkeley power leech. I don't know if they still oh, make that yeah. thing. Oh yeah. I've kind of been addicted ever since. Uh, I got into diving before I ever got into tournament fishing. Uh, I guided around the metro area and then Lake Minnetonka and just kind of got into fishing, fished the state level and had had some good success. I've, I've really only been tournament fishing for te- this is my 10th year now. Uh, and that's from like even the FLW and Bass mm-hmm. Federation clubs and stuff like that. And started there for the first couple of years and, and learned and just kept moving up, fishing some regional stuff, won some tournaments and did well and just kept taking it to the next level. And yeah, now, now I'm fishing the, my second year on the tour. Uh, I learned a lot last year. Um, I think I finished like right around 100th in the points out of 160th. Definitely not where I wanted to be. Uh, but it's a big adjustment. Like, all of those were lakes I've never been to before. Mm-hmm. And you're given three days to figure them out. And you're going against some of the best, like, you know, Brian Thrift and JT Kinney and David Dudley. I mean, I rolls, I list them off. Them oh, yeah. Don't play games. They're very, very good. And, uh, yeah, so this year I kind of switched things up. My, my sophomore year going into it uh, and uh, uh, had a different mindset of how I was going to attack the season and uh, definitely, yeah, happy with where I'm sitting. Spent a lot of time. Uh, I rode around my wife, three and we got a Lance camper and we were able to spend some time in some areas. Just, you know, we spent a good two months down in Florida just learning how to fish Florida. Not mm-hmm. even on tournament like Just learning what to do and when to do to adjust and uh, yeah, definitely. I'm lo- loving where I'm sitting in the points, especially with the small mall venue. Now, I've never been to St. Uh, Clair before outside of a couple weeks ago, right after that Kentucky tournament. But um, definitely, I need to that Kentucky tournament. I started out real well in the points after the first three, and then I hit that Cumberland and Smith and just kind of both finished in the hundredth there and uh, kind of got myself out of position, but then mm-hmm. Kentucky Lake jumped me right back in there. So, yeah, I just got to go get a check, and that could be a Biggest check of my life if I can go and get it done at St. Clair. Well, uh, I think um, I think conditions are looking right for you. Uh, I do got to give you a shout out. You know, as you talked about uh, growing up in Minnesota here, and you haven't really been doing the the uh, national tournament scene for you know super long. Uh, I may be a little biased because you know I've known who you are. I've known you for a while. Um, mm-hmm. and I've followed you throughout your career. And I got to say, man, I, I know there's a lot of people that work really hard, but it seems like the dedication you've had to the sport of bass fishing is pretty insane. You and Bree moved to Tennessee uh, for yep. a little while, right? So you could you could hang out on Chickamauga. Yep. You could kind of get to know some of that fishing, which then you yep. know definitely reflected on Kentucky Lake. Um, and like you said, you, the, the camping thing, you've been, how long have you guys been – or how long have you had a camper anyway? For traveling oh, around. Man. I tell you what, I have not had a camper that long. It's been about a year. That was another thing we did last year. Okay. Through, we left our job and we didn't have, uh, you know, we're trying to jump hotel to hotel. We have a Rottweiler. That didn't work well. And 
uh, Paul Jackson put us in touch with the people at Lance, and we, you know, I've known him for a long time, and, and how he was working the camper, and it was just a no-brainer, dude. As soon as we, uh, it's the best thing. It's for turn efficient and how we we roll and all that. It's cheaper. We get good meals. We're right there by the boat ramp. And, yeah. Uh, it, it, to me, it's just perfect. And yes, it, and and yeah, we did. We moved, you know, I moved to Tennessee strictly to learn how to fish the Tennessee River, and there's no doubt that helped me huge at Kentucky Lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though that was my first tournament on Kentucky, I still knew very well how to fish the Tennessee River. I had a lot of good teachers over the years. Um, teach me some of the little things that you just got to know about those fish. And uh, yeah, you know, I work hard. And I appreciate hearing that. But when you love something that much, right? I, you know, I don't golf. I don't go do nothing else. This is what I do. So, right, right. Uh, it's pretty easy to work hard at it when you when you love it that much. Well, uh, tell me a little bit about um, the, just your 2018 season in general, especially compared to your rookie yeah. campaign. Like you said, uh, you finished. I think it was like 106th in points, which isn't super uncommon for a rookie. You know, there, like you yep. said, there's a lot of adjustments, the practice days, all that stuff. Uh, this year, you come out swinging Harris Chain, you make, uh, well, you get a check at Okeechobee, you come out of Harris Chain, you make the day three cut, uh, and then obviously Kentucky Lake. I mean, what goes through your head? It, it, you know, after all this hard work you've done, and now, you know, here you are, you're, uh, you know, you're going to be on the TV show, you're on live, you know, like all this stuff that seems like it's kind of the, sort of the peak of just a regular tour season campaign, uh, I mean, you're starting to check those boxes on your resume. Yeah, uh, 100%. Yeah, last year, last year was one, uh, just inexperience at, at, you know, three days to fish and then planning for enough fish for four days. Um, it, with that, you know, I, I think I just am learning how to practice better. I move water a lot faster. I'm, I, I don't need to know... Um, everything in practice i just need samplings of things in practice mm-hmm. if you take kentucky lake if you take kentucky lake as a, as a prime example uh you know there was a pretty good bush bite when we first showed up um being around long enough i know it's only my second year but just knowing just having made past mistakes or just learning uh you know you got to kind of have a lot now i always want fish that are going to be coming to me um you know i dabbled every day probably took an hour and went and ran around with some bushes and stuff and i just yeah i'd pick up some bites and all that but i just didn't feel like i needed to practice it if that was going to end up being what my deal was mm-hmm. uh i'll just run and do that during the tournament i don't need to know every bush that i can get bit off of right and yep. that allowed me a lot more time to go out there not necessarily get bit out deep but when i did i, I had something you know and i was only getting sure. a few bites a day but big ones you know and so uh yeah i just stayed with those those fish and just kept working out there and you know last year i probably would have been more apt to try to find a lot or spread myself out a little bit too thin and um now i'm now you know my mentality is figure out a few different bites and then during the course of a four-day tournament uh you have rarely and i I don't think you you, you do a lot of interviews with a lot of guys that win tournaments and do really well Seldom do you ever hear them say, oh, it worked in practice and it carried through the tournament. Right, exactly. That just does not happen a lot. And mm-hmm. you've got to be so willing. And just looking back, my best, you know, I've, I've had some really good tournaments in the past um, in, in different circuits and stuff like that. And just looking at results, you know, I made a key decision at some point and did something different than what I planned on doing to do well. And so this year I just, you know, I, I went at it with a different mentality and a different work ethic. And, um so far, so good. Yeah, and, and Kentucky Lake, you know, I, I, a couple of those tournaments, I was licking my chops. I do got to tell you, I got to become a better spotted bass fisherman, spotted bass fisheries. 
kill me. Um, I always do well in practice, and again, that must be what it is. Then I go and run my waypoints, and they're not there. Oh, and sure. There's something to that. But again, another goal, I'll tell you what I had too this year is, and so far, so good. And every tournament I finish, my goal is you got to have a limit every day. You just have to have a limit mm-hmm. every single day. And if you can do that day in and day out at a tour level, uh, you're going to do okay, and you're going to do all right because you know as well as I do when you bring 180 of some of the best tournament fishermen on the planet in on a fishery, it gets tight quick. Oh, man, does you it. You can be a limit catcher and catch a limit. And so far, every day of competition, I've caught a limit and stuff, and I just noticed, you know, there's too many times looking back last year at what could have been a check in a tour tournament, but maybe I only had four fish day two, and that killed me. Right, Stuff right. like that. So just little things like that, trying to uh, just be a all-around better angler, and again, just man, I still got so much learning to do, but my progression is good. And as long as I see that and I keep learning, I, I think my future is right for sure. And it definitely gives me the work ethic to, to go out there and give it everything I got. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't doubt that at all. And speaking of learning, as you mentioned, St. Clair, uh, you've never been there, but you did go check it out a little bit uh, after Kentucky Lake. Uh, give me kind of your uh, small mouthy mind. Cause you know, like I said, you got on Mille Lacs. Uh, you're pretty good at catching smallmouths kind of wherever they roam. Uh, what do you think of St. Clair? Yeah, I like it. I will tell you, one thing that I switched up this year, too, and maybe maybe the reason for success, I don't actually fish when I go pre-practice. Um, I found that in the past, too many things change, mm-hmm. and when you only got three practice, um, it's going to take me a day and a half to get that out of my head. Sure. Once I get there, I'm not very good at that, and I can admit that. I don't like to have too many preconceived notions. I hate doc talk. I don't talk to many anglers. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't, it, it gets in my head and it, it makes me not use my nose to sniff them out. So every, for the most part, except like Cumberland and Smith, those I've been to a few times. Other than that, I basically, I did pre-fish. I only give myself like two days. I okay. run around, I like to okay. back and shop where the boat ramps are, where some weeds are, and I just run around, I look for weeds, I look for rocks, I look for fish, I look for you know, just stuff like that, places that I know that when I get back there, and I, let's say I start catching them off of laydowns, and then I know where to go find more laydowns. Oh, uh, so it's kind of like a recon thing. Yeah, I just kind of gather stuff that just can chew up your day. You know, where's sure. the camp, where's the captain, where's the grocery, what's our, even our campground look like. Things like that, just get rid of any anxiety before you get a thing you can't control. And from there, then I just run around and just start fishing. So I don't really do much fishing. What I saw was a super clear fishery. Um, it's a big bull, big circle, similar to Malax, but I just didn't see a lot of rock or anything, which is kind of a weird mm-hmm. deal because I'm such a small fisherman. I fish glacier lakes, obviously, as you know, so yep. I like to find rock. And I'm actually considered my, myself pretty good at sniffing out really little small areas where fish can hold stuff you can see at champlain and oneida but st Clair looks like the beach to me it's yeah, like yeah real, <laughs> real sandy it's like real kind of awful blue water uh but you know when i was there they were clearly spawning because i could just idle through boats and see you know every other boat had them so it's obviously just chuck full smallmouth yep and uh but yeah i think i'm gonna have to fish, fish a little different i don't you know i'm kind of pride myself on finding sneaky spots, boulders, little strips of rock, I call them strips of hope, stuff like <laughs> that that I find and put mark and just do that and then go back and catch them. Here, I think I'm just at, at St. Clair, I think I'm going to have to definitely rely on just my smallmouth catching ability 
and be able to move water around and, and stay with schools and stuff like that and be able to find them for sure. And then there's also the, the Erie factor. Uh, I like Lake Erie. I do real well on Lake Erie every yep. time I fish there. But, again, being where I'm at in the point I, and, and being how big St. Clair does pump them out, I just don't know that Erie will be uh, much of a player for me. I don't know if it's worth the big runs and stuff like that for it. If I was maybe in 55th place, Sure, I'd sure. Probably wouldn't be, I'd probably be going no matter what the wind was doing, but at the same time, uh, yeah, there's a lot of water. Then you got rivers and stuff like that. So honestly, Kyle, I really don't know, but I do know that uh, it's a pretty big tournament for me in particular. Mm-hmm. And a lot uh, same as other guys, I'm definitely glad I'm casting that smallmouth. That's for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, I know uh, it. It should feel pretty comfortable, and I've, I, I'm just from the outside looking in. Uh, the scenario, like I said, you're 35th in points right now, um, which, and to your mention earlier, you know, really, if you cash a check, you're probably going to the cup. And I think St. Clair, I mean, the nice thing about St. Clair, too, uh, I guess the folks at home will learn more about this as we go on, and they've heard about it a little bit already. But, uh, I mean, like St. Clair now versus St. Clair, like, eight years ago, it's like two totally different beasts. Like, if this tournament happened eight years ago, a lot of people would be running to Erie. You know, there wouldn't be that many people yeah. in St. Clair. Uh, you don't have to do that. You know, now you can sit there. You can catch 22, 23, 24 pounds in St. Clair and not go beat yourself up running down the river, going out into Erie, fishing for like an hour and a half, and then coming back. You know, you can actually get a whole day of fishing without running all too far from takeoff. So I, yeah, I think that's a that's a good call. It is, and they are getting big. Uh, you're right. We used to have to run out of there. It was a three-pound factory. You know, I yeah. to see that with Malax. I remember ten years ago, well, not even that long, eight years ago, Malax, and they were all three and a half. Yep. You know, and there was a lot. Now those fish are four and a half, five and a half pounders, and and then you know, again, another thing is you just as much as I just want to get a check, it's still it's St. Clair and Smallmouth, and man, I want to win, and and that might this might be a lake. Not a lot of preconceived notions, and just relying on my smallmouth instinct to have a chance to win. And for sure, start looking into the weekend and stuff like that. And that that Miracle Mile, the Detroit River, Detroit will be real busy if it's nice out. And it's just, yeah, you know, a lot that goes in. But man, at the same time, you're talking about a lot of water and a lot of really good fishermen and a definitely. lot of good fish everywhere. So it should definitely be a fun one for for everyone watching FLW. No doubt, I'm definitely glad we're there for sure. Just out of curiosity, what was the uh, water temp when you were there? I know it was a while ago. but uh, Yeah, it was a while ago. Um, it was like 64, 65. And, and the thing there is, like, it seems like different from Minnesota. It seems like that area actually warms up a lot quicker than we do over here. Oh, okay. So, Malax has still got a lot of pre-spawn going on. Um, you know, personally, I hope it's all post-spawn when we get there. Uh, as much as I like looking at them and catching them that way, um, I'm, I'm hoping that they're super stoked to get out there and watch you guys start catching smallmouths and uh we'll definitely keep tabs uh on you along with a lot of the other smallmouth favorites my fantasy fishing team uh or at least the pundit picks on uh flwfishing.com i got like what i feel to be one of the more epic smallmouth teams ever created (laughs) by man so uh, i do got i got you on there folks listening uh if you want to check it out 
flwfishing.com. Click the Fantasy Fishing tab. You can read all about all the smallmouth gurus I got. But I feel like there's going to be a lot of guys are going to catch them, but I feel like there's certain guys that are going to really kind of get after them. And uh, I'm excited to see how it pans out for you. Now, speaking of smallmouths, dude, we got to talk about Mille Lacs because I love that place. Yeah. You obviously love that place. Uh, I mentioned yeah. you guide out there. How long have you been uh, on the pond there taking people out, catching the biggest smallmouths of their life? Man, it's been at least five years now. I used to guide mainly Minnetonka. I mm-hmm. there by the city and all that. And then uh, the last couple of years, um, I started, I'd do a lot more trips up here. That's obviously where people wanted to go. And it's a good two hours from where I live in the city. And I drove it almost every day um, back and forth. And that kind of got old. And once, <laughs> once Bree decided she was going to hit the road with me full time and left her corporate gig, we bought a really little small house with a big garage. Up here, so now we're only two minutes away from the boat ramp. And uh, so the last two years, I've, I've lived up here. Absolutely love living in the woods. And uh, uh, yeah, the lake, I'm telling you, man, it's it's awesome. I love. I, I I almost like catching them as much as I like watching other people catch them. <laughs> Joel's got one. Sorry. I oh, see how big it is. Oh, yeah, dude, you do your thing. We got a big. One. We got a big. One. Okay, good. <laughs> Let's put a waypoint on that, Angel. Um, yeah, so it's it's full of them. You know, it's a glacier lake. So uh, what's awesome about it is just mounds and mounds of uh, of um, rock everywhere. Oh, yeah. Just when the glaciers retreated, just left these piles of rocks all throughout the lake, from the middle of them all the way around the edges and everything in between. And uh, the you know it used to be a catch and release smallmouth fishery only, mm-hmm. and and. Uh, then all of a sudden, that definitely paid off because now the lake is just full of them, and uh, it's awesome. It's a destination lake. Uh, it's, I swear it gets better. I'm, I'm seeing a bunch of little ones this year. We're catching big ones. Sometimes it ain't nothing you can pull up on a reef here. They're like pre-spawn zombies. If you can figure out how to catch them, <laughs> I'll pay you for it because I can't figure out how to catch them. But there'll be like 300 of them. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's like something you never see. It looks like a giant aquarium, but they're – so it just shows you the lake's healthy. It's chuck full of crawdads in it. And, uh, and you know, one thing I should say about Mille Lacs and a lot of us Minnesota anglers, it still is an adjustment when we fish these national, is we don't have shad. You know, right, we still right. have a these lakes. You fish those New York lakes, even St. Clair, you know, there's a, there's, there's a shad population. Whenever there's a shad, you got to think about it. You know, you got to really play that into consideration. And here we don't have it. They eat some perch, but they eat a lot of crawdads. Yep. And, uh, I don't know, man. There's some really, really big ones on this lake. I urge anyone uh, to definitely come up here. And of course, if you want to go with the best guy, then you got to call me. Oh, for sure. You got to You got to holler at Josh if you want to. <laughs> if you want to catch, if you're, if you're not convinced on it, check out Josh's uh, social media, your Instagram. There's always pictures of dudes holding giant smallmouths, or you holding giant smallmouths uh, when you're not guiding and you're still trying to keep tabs on them. The one question I get yeah. a lot. Uh, when we travel around the country, is a lot of people know I live in Minnesota. They know I fish Mille Lacs. They'll ask me like, "What what the best time of year to come up there and fish is?" And I feel like I kind of dig it most of the time. But I wanted your take since I mean you make a living out there. If you had, if someone was calling you and like, Josh, I got like four days I can come up there. When would you tell them to come? Oh uh, yeah, that's a, that's always a tricky one because of the weather. Um, of course, you know, looking at my guy's schedule, how it works, I just pick dates that I'm not tournament fishing. So, uh, it seems like the spawn is really popular. The problem is you can't never nail down when you're coming from out of town what right. that's going to be because our weather is so random. 
here all the all the dang time, and you mm-hmm. never know what it's going to do. I mean, heck, this lake was still frozen a month ago. Yeah. Um, where um, last year they were getting about done spawning. Yep. Say a good half of them are still moving up. So it's different, but the spawn's good. You see how good the fishery is. Um, you get to see a lot of fish shallow. Every the big muskies are shallow, mm-hmm. and you get to catch a whole bunch of fish. So that's gonna be good. As far as my, I, I like real early pre-spawn, and then I like the fall or any time oh, yeah. of summer. I I like them. My Lawrence is on, uh, following those Navionics contours all around these different reefs and stuff, and just really trying to pick out those subtle spots where that big old big old bass is just kind of bit where they hang out and where they live and using those electronics playing video game fishing i really i really enjoy that that's as fun to me as looking at my bed but uh, I'm, I'm gonna say that and then the fall is good too just because you know from minnesota we got the we got the hoodies on it's cold oh, the dude, lake it's gorgeous hunting the lake kind of empties out and uh those fish they get deep and they get big big schools you can really just have a, a really good time catching them what, uh, say again, say someone's thinking about, maybe they're going to come up there on their own, they're going to go fishing around. Uh, what would be like three baits you would say someone should have tied on to catch a smallmouth, regardless of when they went up there? Yeah, that's easy. I mean, I'm going to give you four, because they're the four that I, love I always it. have on my deck. They're I love the four it. four that are re-rigged by guy trips on every time. Um, I'm gonna say for the most part you want a you want a, a hair jig like a like the firefly the one I throw my outfast yep. animal yep um, that's an awesome awesome bait here you know we get a lot of mayfly hatches stuff like that pretty killer uh, a swim bait I don't know you know it seems like that's all we throw anymore uh, swim bait swim bait swim bait but little little tiny like Kitex or that biospawn exo swim is pretty deadly. Mm-hmm. And then I use I use that Outcast tackle gold line. I actually got to help design that. Comes through the rocks, really good. Um, doesn't get hung up much. So those two are definitely going to be my moving baits. Um, and then a drop shot and a tube. I mean, I, I always said I never met a smallmouth that wouldn't eat my tube before. So uh, <laughs> true that. You know, they they, they eat crawdads here. And then of course you can mix in a jerk bait or a football jig. Does real good here. Um, you know stuff like that, but uh, those those are my main four: a tube, drop shot, uh, swimmer, and a hair jig. So you don't have to get too crazy, is what you're saying. You can go with kind of nah. the old staples and and catch smallmouths. Yep, that's my that's my thing, and just keep it simple and just move around. Of course, you know there's some little tricks and stuff like that that sure. we like to do or do weight stuff. You can get some stuff and uh, dead rigs and stuff like that, but uh, day in and day out. What is the biggest smallmouth uh, either you've caught or you've seen caught out of Mille Lacs? Uh, sixes. Uh, I haven't seen a seven myself. Um, I've definitely seen them in the water before. Sure. Last year during a guy trip, a uh, guy came up and it's not a great top water lake. I mean, I know people have fun with it and throw it, but again, the, I think the presence of not having sand here makes it they're looking down a little more. Yeah, so yeah. Generally, we just—I don't throw a whole heck of a lot of top water, but it was post spawn. I gave the guy a popper, and I'm like, "Here, throw this around those docks." And I'm like, "Here, I want it to go bloop, not make it go <laughs> bloop." I'm like, you get it? He's like, "Yeah." I hand him the rod. I hear it go bloop, and it disappears. I'm like, "Oh, look there, you got one." I went to go help the other guy rig up his pole, and I look back, and the thing had to have been like a seven or eight pounder, oh <laughs> the my biggest smallmouth I think I've ever seen before. And it was on the outside of his mouth, and he made one little hop and. Never got close up to the net and pulled off. So that's the biggest <laughs> one that I've seen. 
Uh, I got a few buddies that have caught in a seven-pounder here before. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there's, it's just chuck full of four- and five-pounders. And then, uh, yeah, and you can definitely you can definitely roll up and catch a six-pounder at any time. Definitely, definitely. Well, uh, yeah. I, oh, man, now, I, now you're just making me think I should probably just finish this uh, recording with you and just mosey up to Mille Lacs. Run up here. Yeah. You basically you need twenty pounds all time here to even be in the conversation. So that's always my goal every day. I come out here, you have to have twenty pounds. You're never gonna win it with just twenty. Yep. Uh, you know, this year we're practicing for a tournament here that'll be on Saturday, the team tournament only five, and you're gonna need all of twenty five pounds to to have a chance at, at winning this one. Yeah, um, yeah. And you know as well as I do, the lake though extremely hard to do definitely has the potential to put up a dirty thirty if they can oh, no get doubt. the lake to do it. But it's it's a really hard and probably a little bit overused thing when people say they do it because it's extremely hard to actually do that. But uh, fours and fives, a lot of them. Oh yeah, lots. Yeah. Probably more than any other fishery out there that's this size. You know, I'm, of course Erie's got more, but it's way bigger. So mm-hmm. um, for a lake this size, it's pretty incredible how many big smallmouth are roaming around on Lake Malax. Dude, it it uh, it absolutely is insane, and I uh, I keep trying to tell Jody that. Uh, him and I, like, he should come up, hang out in the Minnesota office, uh, and then, like, we'll just go party on Mille Lacs for a couple of days and catch big smallmouths and do, like, a, you know, quote, brainstorming session. And uh, as much oh, yeah. as that kid loves smallmouths, he'd rather go to Champlain. And I'm, I like Champlain. But maybe I'm just biased because, you know, I'm a Minnesota guy. He's a Vermont guy. Uh, that's just, it is what it is. So, you know, next time you see Jody, holler at him. Tell him to come up here and hang out. No, definitely he's got to. And Jody knows his way around catching a big smallie, that's for sure. And you know what, though? I'll even agree with him. I actually like Champlain more than I actually like Malax. Malax is one of my favorites, no doubt. But uh, the difference is Champlain's got large moose everywhere, too. And uh, big true that. It's a, it, it, and I like big, rough water. I don't know what's wrong with me. I swear if I had another <laughs> life, one of those Alaskan crab catchers. Yeah, I yeah. don't know why. You won't never see me jump out of no plane, but I'll go and take on 10-footers. That seems like a good time <laughs> to me. So I like them big, bad, rough bodies of water. I seem to fish good in that kind of stuff. So, uh, But Champlain, Malax are definitely in my top three for sure. Well, the big water thing, you gotta, it's got to be a little bit of that Minnesota, like uh, you got some walleye fishermen in you, you know? Like those dudes don't even blink yeah. at rolling out into like five, six footers to go troll boards for a walleye or do whatever they do, pull spinners. No, I, won't even put a, I won't even put a top on my coffee in five footers. Yeah. Good. <laughs> five footers, good. No, but seriously, I, yeah, we're, we're keeping those thin bibs on and the hoodie and stuff. I don't know. I just feel like a fisherman when the water's busting over my deck and my boat and stuff like that here. You're you're 100 yards off your spot by the time you uh, land that five pounder, but dude, it's just uh, I mean, I just absolute I, I you know I like doing it all. I like fishing for spots. I like flip flops out of Florida, punching mats and everything. But yeah, I really like those. I really like big fisheries, especially when they fish big and rough. I really, I really like it. So it's weird, but I, I like. It. <laughs> hey man, I, I get it. There's some people probably listening. And they're like, yeah, that dude is crazy, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, the bigger, the bigger they're rolling, the better. To each their own. Well. Uh, yeah. I, right. I, Josh, I gotta say, man, I think uh, that's about all I got. Uh, I kind of want to get off the phone so you can get back to practicing, and uh, you know, you and Joel can can crush it this weekend. But I suppose before I let you go, uh, we've kind of mentioned it before, but where can the folks following 
or listening follow you on social media throughout the rest of the fishing season, but also maybe get a hold of you to book a guide trip at some point this year or next year or in the future? Yeah, I'll make it real easy on everybody. First of all, to get a hold of me, you can uh, either use a direct message, of course, and uh, on, on Instagram or a messenger on Facebook, or the easiest, most efficient way would be just go to my website, which is joshdouglasfishing.com, and you can go through all that and kind of look at that and just send me an email, and I'll let you know uh, dates. I do book in advance pretty hard, but uh, being that with the cup and all that, I've kind of been putting off booking anything past uh, ITIA, basically, which will be mid-July. So I kind of got a lot of openings. I just don't know when exactly it'll be. So joshdouglasfishing.com. Otherwise, again, on my social media, you know, Facebook is Josh Douglas Fishing, and so is Instagram. So uh, Josh Douglas Fishing. So please follow me on there. I try to keep up on that stuff and keep it keep it good. And not only that, not only just like with stuff I'm doing, but I really like doing edu- educational stuff, uh, teaching people stuff that I learn. Um, I just, I just, I just dig it. So I, I try to keep that stuff up there as much as possible. True that. Yeah. I would also say, uh, for you, if you have any like Lawrence Navionics questions or one or the other or a combo of both, they should probably hit you up cause you're pretty good at that stuff. Yeah. I, I like the electronics. I had some good teachers back in the days. Like Brent Haynes is a river rat. He was one of the first guys that ever had that side imaging and mm-hmm. taught me all about her. Andy Young, this is the tour. I remember he told me, you know, it's worth the money because you'll get it back in paychecks on that same, that same year. Uh, <laughs> with, when it comes to side imaging and stuff like that. So For yeah, sure. structure scan, Lawrence, man, I'm all about it. I, I use them a bunch, but I'm, you know, I also know what it's like to be frustrated when you just when you don't when you can't quite figure something out or get something to work the way you think it needs to work. So by all means, uh, that's what they got me for. Just contact me and I'll, I'll do my best to help you. And if I can't, I'll send you to somebody that can. I love it, and, dude. But just expect sometimes, sometimes if I'm fishing the tournament, it might be a week before you ever hear back from me. Sure, we'll get back. Here. Sure, you're a busy guy. Uh, but I guess with that, man, have fun. Uh, you know, catching big smallmouth on the lax. Tell Joel hi. And uh, I'll be paying attention to the uh, to the results, see how you guys do, and uh, best of luck. Safe travels to St. Clair, and I guess I'll see you in like a week and a half when I get out there. We can change. Yeah, yeah, we'll be out there for about a week. We started thinking about heading out there, so uh, we'll see you then. And thanks a lot for having me on, guys, and, and uh, tight lines to everyone listening. Thank you, dude. All right, so Kyle, I guess our first uh, topic of the day is the Costa FLW Series on Lake Barkley. I covered... I edited for this event, and I went on the water on day one, and I went on the water on day three, and I stayed in the air conditioning uh, and did other work on day two, uh, which was really a nice way to cover a tournament, to be honest. Um, Highly recommend it if you're lazy. (laughs) Um, Especially the final day, I was on Barkley, where there's less boat traffic, and I got to start out my day watching Andy Morgan fish. Then I ran down to Dover, watched uh, Adam Craig fish some. Then I ran back, watched uh, the one and only Ramey Colson fish a little bit on his home pond. So, all in all, like, pretty good day, even though not a whole lot was happening. Like, it was just real chill. Um, so that was... Yeah, I could uh, I could see that being pretty sweet. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. I highly recommend it. Uh, but anyhow, the actual tournament results, Jake Lawrence won... He ran down south of Paris Landing, fished like a shallow ledge, uh, maybe almost a bar if you wanted to call it that, uh, and he caught 28-15 on day one, 23-10 on day two, was on pace, sort of, to 
break 75 pounds and be one of the few people to average 25 plus in a uh, FLW event on Kentucky Lake. Ended up with 19.11 on day three, 72.4 for his total, uh, which is still pretty hog. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I, yeah. I guess I didn't look at what last year's was. I know Lambert caught him really good, but I think he might only had like 69 or so. And the, the biggest Costa weight ever is 75 from Randy Haynes in like 2015 or something like that. And he got like 27 on the last day and had like 24 all the other days. So I guess what I'm saying Oof. is uh, Jake Lawrence smashed him. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Which is, I don't know, the fishing, again, a lot of good top end weights. Not a lot of guys saying, oh, man, I caught so many fish today. The, the Definitely the pattern is clear on Kentucky Lake that you are going to the guy who wins is going to catch really good limits every day. but And they might even catch quite a few fish. But the masses are not going to catch tons of fish. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, maybe we'll see that change, but it sure looks like we're dealing with a big gap in the age ranges at this point. But anyhow. Um, Definitely. So, Lawrence, he mostly fished like a wacky rig, like a Nico rig type deal with... A uh, big V&M worm. It's like a big straight tail, 10-inch jobby, uh, which is pretty sweet. And he threw some other, like, ledgy kind of stuff. Uh, Garrett Paquette finished second. He had 64.15, so I guess that's about, like, let's see, seven pounds back of the of the winner. Um, and he actually had, a, I mean, he had a really good tournament. 19.15 day one, 24 on day two. 21 on day three uh mm-hmm. but he pretty much fished a crankbait and fished a uh, jig on ledges like didn't do anything wildly out of the ordinary and really nobody did like drop shots played really good in this tournament co-angler winner threw a drop shot mike roller marcus sakura threw a drop shot almost the whole time uh ramey and andy morgan fished in barkley the whole time which is pretty cool um I feel like we were wondering how many top tens were going to come out of Barkley, and I think we might have settled on, like, one. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was two. Um, and they finished fifth and sixth. And well, Do you have any questions, thoughts, concerns regarding uh, this event? Uh, I mean, not really. It definitely... Uh... Kentucky Lake is, and summertime tournaments are the most boring tournaments we've been over this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and... It uh, like like you said it it uh, still kind of showcased that things are things are tough. You can get some good quality bites. Uh, I think I was kind of more surprised by where like not only the fact that uh, my Coastal Challenge team did horrible, which we'll get to here in a minute. Oh yeah, but like I'm, I'm just sitting here scrolling through the standings and some of the names that you I feel like would expect to see. Uh, just higher in general, like as you just scroll through um, looking at it, you know, and I think that just kind of showcases maybe like where the lake is and how things are going, you know, like uh, Tom Reddington, Brandon Perkins in the 80s. Um, there's a bunch of other guys that I've kind of script scrolled over already, but, you know, like I would expect a normal Kentucky Lake ledge tournament, see those guys, you know, up there substantially more. Yeah, no, I think I that makes like that's a good I, point. it was kind of a weird vibe from 
from this tournament. But yeah, the dudes that caught him, I mean, they got after him. Yeah, it is. It is a tough thing, though. You know, this tournament taken out of Barkley, you had to run down. It's like twenty six miles to get to Kentucky Lake. And so, assuming you want to go fishing Kentucky Lake, which you don't have to, but most of the guys did, mm-hmm. you run down there. Then you got to run your way south on Kentucky Lake. And so maybe you run just a few miles south. Maybe you go a lot farther south. Either way, you don't have. It cuts down in your fishing time way more than if you are going out of Paris, if you're going out of Ken Lake, if you're even going out of the dam. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. You, like you look at Michael Neal, who I think you picked and had on your uh, fantasy, your fantasy squad here, your Coastal Challenge team. Dude caught one fish on day one, and I guess no fish on day two. Uh, yeah, which I yeah, mean, he caught one good one. Maybe he tossed them back on day two because you know you have one fish, you catch three, you know maybe you call it a day. But like Dion Hibden, right? Pretty good angler, right? Caught one fish mm-hmm. the whole tournament, and I watched it happen. Here's the crazy thing: I took pictures of Dion <laughs> Hibden catching his one fish on day one, and this was at like <laughs> eleven o'clock. I saw like a unicorn on day one. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like that's the world's greatest. That's the world's most luckiest great thing in the world. Um, <laughs> like Spencer Grace, really good fisherman. Like in this thing to try and make the championship, had a good you know, has some Ozarky type stuff coming up. Blanked for the tournament. I mean that's mm-hmm. that shouldn't happen. Jamie Rampy fished this tournament, no fish, which is wild. Clint Davis. Yeah, like it's just uh, it's bonkers that Kentucky Lake used to be just such a guaranteed limit catch 15 pounds and do it again the next day type place and yeah the big ones are there but man the quantity the quality the quantity rather is not it's it either doesn't exist or it's not catchable which is yeah, yeah. kind of a bummer but man you can still have a pretty epic day if you go out and you get the right bites i mean i've i won't no say kidding. i won't say this is like the biggest the lake has ever fished as far as big bags it probably isn't but man, I have heard of some giant bags this year. Like you have, you have been able to catch huge ones. It's just a matter of, it's hard to do. Uh, multiple days in a row, it's hard to catch a lot of fish. Uh, but you know, dude, it was cool watching Andy Morgan. I watched him a fair amount in the morning on the final day, and he was fishing a worm. And then I watched him a little bit later on in the morning, and he was flipping a jig. And I, I recently watched his go through GoPro and cut it all. And I think it'll be dynamite when we get it up on FLWfishing.com. But, like, gosh, he's just such an effortless angler. Like, when he makes, oh, a, right? when he makes a mistake, like, if he makes a bad skip, he recovers, like, instantly. And it's never like a sit down and strip a whole bunch of line off kind of bad skip. It's like, oh, right back out. And... You know, like, he's just, he always puts the bait where he wants it. No matter what he's yep. doing, like, it doesn't seem like he ever makes a mistake. Like, it doesn't seem like he sets the hook too early ever or, you know, sets the hook too late and a fish gets... It just, it's a thing of beauty. Like, I know we talk a lot about how Andy Morgan is really good and how... I, I, we could probably talk more about how Andy Morgan is really good. Because if you just actually watch him fish, you can see why he's better than so, so many other people. And it's not because he fishes anything fancy. He caught his fish on literally a 10-inch worm and a flipping jig. It's like the least fancy thing in the Mm -hmm. world. He's just 
so <laughs> good at it. It's wild to see. And I hadn't been out and watched it, them it in the water really in a long is. time, and it was just such a joy and also depressing because I'm never going to be that good. <laughs> but, man, was it beautiful. I mean, it's, it's a true thing. If, if there's ever a tour event or really any tournament Andy Morgan's fishing and it's near your home lake, uh, you should definitely call in sick to work or go out on the weekend because he's pretty good at fishing on the weekends uh, and just follow him around. You might be like, oh, man, that sounds so boring. Uh, it can be, except when you watch an Andy Morgan, because like Jody said, it's just so, it's like such a thing of beauty that you can watch a dude flip or, you know, do these beautiful roll casts. Like he's really good at like the back end roll cast with like a spinnerbait or a buzzbait. Yep. Uh, I could watch him do that for hours and watch him not catch a fish and still be entertained, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. He's, uh, I mean... He's so efficient, too, like, just from a troll motor up, rod down, like, you know, he's he's so tall, he gets to the bow of the boat in, like, one step. I mean, <laughs> he just, like, it, it's just so, it's so great to watch him fish. And then there are other guys like that, mm-hmm. but, man, it sticks out with Morgan, because he's not a guy oh, who's yeah. sitting there, like, crazy dialed in on his electronics or anything. He's, most of the time, like just fishing he's running a pattern with his mind he knows what he wants to fish mm-hmm. and he just does it really 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 well like he just consistently executes like when he gets a bite it gets in the boat and yep i mean that's just really cool to watch so anyhow Andy morgan love fest 2018 is uh probably over for a little while because i don't think i will really be on the water watching much more of Andy morgan this year but Gosh, was it a pleasure to watch him on Saturday morning. <laughs> um, I guess we should touch on the Costa Challenge picks, right? Ugh, fine. Okay, so I picked first. Uh, I picked Jason Lambert and Cole Floyd. They both did terrible. Jason Lambert notably did not win. <laughs> uh, finished 37th. Cole Floyd finished 29th. He was in the top five after day one. And uh, Andy Morgan finished third. Did Andy Morgan finish third? He didn't finish third. I put that in wrong. Sixth? Yeah. I put his AOI standing in. Sixth. Ah. Uh, You're cheating. Which, Andy Morgan, um, man, that messes up my uh, total score. Uh, Your math's all... My math's all who now? All haggard now, yeah. yeah. You took Brandon Hunter, made top ten. Michael Neal made a bottom ten. And uh, Sam Lashley, who finished 69th. So, good on you, Sam. Um. Anyway, I I won that one. We're all tied up going into the Northern Division and a few other events. Dun dun dun. Kyle, I'm sensing it. I I'm starting to I'm starting to feel it. I can't wait for Champlain. Every every year, man, you pick up momentum. Yeah, but every year I lose too. <laughs> so don't uh, I don't know. Don't get depressed. Don't just throw it throw throw it away here. Nah, we'll we'll keep. We'll keep powering through, man. All right. You, It'll be all right. You're right. We're coming into smallmouth time. It's going to be fun. Yeah, baby. Hey, speaking of smallmouth time, want to do some BFL action? Because we got some smallmouth time. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess first first off, uh, we're in a weird situation right now because uh, we're recording a lot earlier than we normally do. On Monday. And the BFLs, yeah, it's Monday. Uh, the BFLs are normally written by our PR department. Uh, sometime on Monday, 
we're currently ahead of the curve. So uh, we don't have all the info from all the BFLs. Uh, I mean, we've got some, like, depths that guys fished and stuff like that, uh, but not all the juice. Yeah, so I guess maybe we'll start with the Hoosier division. We had five BFLs over the weekend. Uh, we'll go Hoosier division. Okay. Um, that event was on Potoka. Uh, it was presented by Navionics. Um, Nick, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Ubler. Sounds good to me. Uh, won that one with 16 pounds, four ounces. Uh, he caught four fish. Uh, hey, Nick. You want a fun Potoka fact? I would love a fun We've had Potoka two BFLs fact. on Potoka this year, yet to be a limit weighed in. Ooh. It's not I, actually a fun fact. <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> it's a really sad fact, actually. Yeah. Uh, Jesse tells uh, me, who's my number one source for all things Potoka, says that there's no grass there sure. this year. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I could see that being bad. Yeah. Anyhow, continue. Well, either way, uh, Nick fished the Costa down on Barkley. Uh, so he pretty much just rolled home. Uh, he lives pretty close to Potoka, didn't practice or anything, fished a few different areas, caught two dinks and two good ones. He caught a six-something, like a six-three and a five-and-a-half. Um, caught him on a crankbait, a football jig, a Carolina rig, and a 10-inch Berkeley power worm. So a little bit of everything, but mostly offshore stuff. 16-4 for four. That's pretty good. I mean, this, the five and a half and the six will definitely uh, that'll take you a long way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so there's that one. Uh, what else do I want to talk about? I want to talk about. I'm basically trying to. I'm trying to dodge around. I guess we'll do. Uh, we had a Music City Division event on Center Hill. Uh, Matt Stanley won that one with 19 pounds and something. 1910. Uh, is what he had. He caught his fish deep. Uh, he threw a 10XD uh, and a three-quarter ounce uh, tungsten Picasso football jig, uh, which he had a homemade skirt on, uh, and an Fancy. Excite Baits Raptor Tail Junior for a trailer. Uh, but it sounds like the 10XD was most of his most of his deal, and um, yeah, he made a pile of stuff. He fished. What did he say? Like 40. Made 40 stops from the takeoff down to the dam. And uh, local knowledge crushed it for him. And he won by, I don't know, quick math, like three pounds, a little less than three pounds. So pretty solid. Pretty good. Yeah, considering the weights are pretty tight down through the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's two BFLs. Uh, what was my third one? We had, what is this one? This is a... Hey, side note. Volunteer uh, division? Music City division. Step it up, dudes. You had... 38 people weighed in fish. Looks like he had about, like, 55 people fish the tournament. Just saying. Oof. Oof. Come on, bros. Granted, I don't know if I'd want to be on Center Hill on a Saturday in June bass, trying to bass fish. Like, I feel like that's probably close enough to Nashville <laughs> where it's probably pretty horrendous. But. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway. Continue. Uh, um. Then I think there was a volunteer division event on Douglas. Dude, they caught him in this one. I bl- Dude, they did. So uh, <laughs> all I know is that Larry Neal won it. He had 21 pounds, 12 ounces. Um, 
Michael Cantrell, second place, 20 pounds, two ounces. So two dudes pretty dialed in. The weights are still pretty solid, but fall off uh, a bit after that. So uh, props to Mr. Neal. If you're real curious about how he caught him, you can check back to FLW Fishing. Well, actually, by the time you're listening to this, just go to the BFL page, and you'll probably be able to read about hey, it. Hey, can I make a prediction? Um, you can. Okay. I bet he caught him deep. What? It, I mean, I'm just saying it's Douglas <laughs> in June. I bet he caught him like yeah. long lining, yeah. maybe a 10XD or something like that, or maybe on a big spoon or a swim bait. That's my, those are my guesses. Okay, okay. I, th- I think that uh, sounds pretty good. Jody saved you some time. You don't even have to go look at the page. Yeah, you just, I obviously was 100% was. right about that. Uh, so to another BFL that we don't really know a whole lot about, uh, North Carolina Division uh, had an event on High Rock, and these dudes crushed them. Dude, I feel I'm like talking. High Rock has been great this year. I feel like we had another tournament where they smashed them too. Dude, so David Wright won it, and I'm sure, Jody, you have some facts about David Wright, Ooh. which we could get to here yes. in a minute. Uh, David Wright, 22 pounds, 5 ounces. Uh, Steve Sink, second place, 22 pounds, 4 ounces. Uh, third place was 20 pounds, 14. It Like, you go down, you look at 10th place was 17, 4 uh and then the weights like they just very slowly fall from there so it was a it looks like these dudes got after it uh don't really have any more info at the moment on it though david wright is really good at winning tournaments so uh which how many has he won jody 12 bfls now in his career he's been fishing them since 1995 uh but he's recently kind of on a tear uh yeah, for 2016, sure. 2016, he won two BFLs, one on Norman, one on Kerr. 2017, he won on Falls Lake. This year, 2018, he's already notched a W on High Rock. Uh, he's qualified for, like, more All-Americans than you can shake a stick at, too, if I remember correctly. Uh, mm-hmm. I can look this up, hopefully, fairly quickly. Uh, one, two, well, it looks like, okay, so... It looks like we had used to have the All-American in like three different categories, but one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It looks like he's fished eight All-Americans, uh, which is pretty baller. So, yeah, yeah, David Wright, not an easy feat. The man just crushes for show. Uh, well, I guess that's all we have for that. So let's move on to the last one because it involves smallmouth. So obviously, I saved for it last. for the end. See, I probably would have started with it, but I couldn't. I'm not good. At, I'm not patient. Yeah. See, you got to. Then the folks are wondering, like, wow, man, what, like, what else could have been sweet over the weekend? The answer is this tournament, uh, <laughs> Michigan Division. Did you, uh, things did you off. read the what what the winner said about the conditions? It was it was uh, quote, perfect, like an aquarium. Oh my gosh! Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I read the whole thing, but I didn't like. Pay oh, super that was in like you know the PR report where they sent out like a little sentence about uh, it. Yes, yes, yep. I got you. All right. Either way, me. Michigan Division started the season off on Burt and Mullet Lakes. Uh, Matt Bellatini sounds good to me. Uh, weighed five fish for twenty three pounds nine ounces. Oh, dude, great photo of the him W. Too. Uh, we'll we'll get into the rest of it. The everyone caught him. It like tenth place was twenty one four. 
Um, I haven't even looked below that. Basically, uh, Matt caught all his fish sight fishing. He used a Nemesis Gobi on a drop shot. Said it's the, he says it's the best bed fishing bait for smallmouths ever created. He also used a flogger, or what is the more appropriate name for it, Jody? Uh, oh, a bathyscope. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Dude, there I saw is. this thing linked in here. I was like, oh, man, maybe he linked to that story we did on him last year, but it's not. Ooh, see, I thought about doing that, but then I was like, well, I'll just send it to Tackle Warehouse, and you can just buy one if you Yeah, want. baby. Oh, dude, I meant to put that on my Christmas list last year uh, <laughs> for, like, all of the sight fishing for smallmouth I do. <laughs> the Bassin hey, Bathyscope <laughs> is what the story is called. Bathyscope? Yeah. Uh, Bass and Bathoscope. If you just search flogger on flwfishing.com, it'll pop right up. Um, yeah, okay. That the lead sense. story, the lead photo is uh, of Scott Dobson staring over the side of his boat into a flogger. Um, a photo taken on Lake Champlain uh, of Scott Dobson, who finished what in this tournament? Uh, second. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. I, we got uh, us off track here. <laughs> No, that's okay. I don't really know where I was going. Yeah, basically, uh, Matt, like I said, caught all his fish sight fishing. Uh, he weighed a 5'7", was the biggest one of the event. Um, yeah, that's about it. The rest of the dudes, I mean, like I said, they they cracked them. It was a pretty, pretty good tournament to kick things off. I'm just scrolling down. 18th place in this event was 20 pounds. And then you go to 29th place was 19-1. So, dude, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Can we, like, get to, uh, can we get up north? Why am I here? You're you're about ready to leave, man. Just stay stay strong. Folks, while you're listening to this, I am literally not here. (laughs) Just, although I will say while you're listening to this, I'm also not fishing for smallmouth, which is somewhat sad. Maybe I won't even, maybe I'll just wing that tournament and just fish for smallmouths for fun the day before. I might do that. (laughs) Hey, man, I wouldn't, there'd be no judgment. Okay. Do we have anything else to say about this tournament other than like dude smashed them and game on? No, no, that is, uh, that is all I have. Uh, I believe there's a co-angler tie. For the win here, James Wathen and there Tony was. Mitchell uh, both weighed eighteen fourteen. Uh, let's see. Also, in case you're wondering, this is a bed fishing tournament, by the way. So, like theoretically, a little tricky as a co angler, right? Uh, one, mm-hmm. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight co angler limits, nine co angler limits, which is nine more limits than have been caught at Patoka all year. <laughs> Sorry, Patoka. Sucks uh, to be how you. Get that Patoka bird in there. <laughs> I don't even. I mean, look. I love Bert Mullet because Bert and Mullet because it's hilarious to sound hear those two names together. It sounds like it could be a person or whatever, or a fish, or who knows. Uh, just Patoka is a great name too. But like, man, smallmouth tournaments on places that are awesome. So much fun. I hope you guys can hear the smile. I can definitely sense it for sure. <laughs> okay, what's our next? What's next? Are we doing anything else? No, man. I think that's like really about it. Unless you wanted to just talk about um, 
I don't know. Have we mentioned like what you're doing? I think we did on the last one that you're 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 living back in the north for like the rest of the summer and yeah, uh, get a crush small mouths and and large mouths and actually catch fish when you go out fishing. Yes. Or catch lots of fish, I should well, say. Not that you don't catch fish when you go I fishing. Mean, I don't always. <laughs> uh, okay, I want to take it back to Bathyscopes. The comments on this story are so choice. Uh, oh which boy. I remember them being great on Facebook, too. The ones actually on the story on com, pretty good, too. Derek Holmes, sounds like cheating, he says. Jody White replies, <laughs> it isn't. Uh, Ron Sarosky opines needs to be banned from all FLW tourneys and banned period if your eyes and 10k in electronics can't find you fish then stay home okay do we want to touch on like how good Scott Dobson is at just doing that anyway sorry Ron I don't mean to be saying you're an idiot but like you you just said it right there Uh, Robert Reeves I've got one and it works Robert I am with you I love you, my dude. <laughs> Hal McCullough. Why don't we sanction, sanction dynamite? See them? Drop a hand grenade? Dip them up. Jeez! I don't really know what Hal's saying, but, like, go for it, I guess, bud. <laughs> um, anyway. Folks, I... So what, what you're saying is if you're bored, read the comments. Well, you should read the article if you, hadn't re- if you haven't read it. But then stick around for the comments, because... You know, that's what social media is good for is yeah, providing really fun comments. I think I'm going to rerun this story on FLWFishing.com next week prior to the Coast FLW Series Derby on Lake Champlain. Ooh, you totally should. Because, uh, I mean, get people juiced up. And, you know, dude, I really might have to. I might order one. Um, but uh, just, just do it. Because, like. Or. Do you need it to do an article? Because then it could be a work expense. Eh, I don't really need one. Uh, okay, well, you should have lied to me, and then I would have backed you up when he told Kurt you needed one. I mean, here's the thing. Kurt already wrote the story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, like, that's the deal. Like, it's already bing, bang, boom. Oh, dude, they're 114 yeah, bucks. <laughs> I knew that, actually. <laughs> that was my exact... Uh, you know, that was my exact reaction, reaction last year. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> They're not going to be in stock hey, until July 13th, so I'm really buying it for next year. <laughs> yep. You get, guys. Maybe maybe you just occasionally want to look at a rock or something, you know, just for fun so you could get some use out Ooh, of it. That's a sweet uh, rock. Maybe you want to look down and find, <laughs> find uh, you know, where the – are there some holes in the coontail you're fishing or, or – uh, milfoil that's submerged and you can kind of see the grass but maybe you want more detail about that maybe that's the next article is how to use your 115 dollars cone how to make your flogger uh, work the round. rest of the year <laughs> <laughs> well it does function as a telescope so great for ledge fishing <laughs> and uh also you know on okeechobee you don't need one <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, I I am gonna I'm gonna get one, and it's obviously not gonna be now because like what would be the point? But this fall I will prepare, I will purchase a flogger, and I will go out in the spring somewhere next year and use it and become an expert with it or become passable with it. 
perhaps not an expert. Because, mm. like, man, it's so cool to watch dudes use it. I've watched it before where, like, uh, Chris Johnston or whatever has, like, been... He'll have his flogger out and he'll have... He'll be look. He'll be lying down, flogger in one hand, rod in the other, watching the fish with it, twitching the rod, and then he'll hook it and he'll just drop the flogger and it'll sit there floating and it'll pick up on his line, crank the fish in, fight it in, you know, net it, and then go pick up the flogger. It's like how <laughs> just killer dynamite stuff is that? It's great. Anyway, it is pretty baller. What I'm saying is, floggers are great. Alabama rigs are great. If you want a piece of me, come get it, because. Those are the things in fishing I'm willing to fight about. <laughs> but you're going to have oh, to come man, pretty far it. up north because I'm not going to be around locally here. Yeah, you got to go to Vermont. Yes, I'm going to Vermont. Just go to Champlain and you'll find Joe. I'm going to Vermont, going to Champlain, going to fish a little, then work the Costa. Then uh, I'm going to St. Clair to see you, uh, my mm-hmm. long-lost cohort. Then going back to Vermont. Then after I go back to Vermont for a little bit, I got to go to ICAST. Oh, oh, oh. Ugh, it's going to be so the hot. Worst. Then, oh, man, I forgot to register for ICAST. I got to do that. <laughs> uh, dang it. Um, then I got to go. Then I'll go back to Vermont, fish around up there a little more, work around up there a little more. Then come back to Kentucky. Then come back to the Forestwood Cup. Which, I tell you what, man, going to Lake Wachita in August after being in Vermont all July may kill me. <laughs> I don't know if I can survive hey, the transition. That's what I'm saying. It's like going from Minnesota down there, although it probably might be hotter here. It seems like Minnesota um, gets a little hotter in the summer. Like, it just seems from time it's to time, a little more extreme than Vermont. Uh if that does, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I follow like you. your winters are colder, your summers are hotter. Vermont is a little more medium, which like my ideal, basically is medium everything, just straight medium. So basically, <laughs> I like medium. Maybe I need to move to Vermont. Oh, dude, you'd like it. I do like maple syrup. Uh, probably. I think the hunting is not like bad, but I don't think it's. Uh, I don't. I feel like you might have better access to like hunting type stuff where you are. Um, I feel like the there's probably turkeys there. You could probably shoot a turkey oh yeah. in Vermont. Plenty of turkeys. Uh, and I mean they've got they got turkeys. They've got deer. I guess they've got grouse. Kurt goes on and on about that. We've had that we have grouse. I don't know if you have any interest <laughs> in grouse. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I would if I if I moved there, I would have to for sure yeah. get some get some pointer dogs to go grouse on. Well, if you ever move there and you want to just like live somewhere for a little while before you move there, probably you could live with my parents for a little bit. There's a spare room or something. Just say the word. So, dude, I'll sleep out with the alpacas. Oh yeah, or one of the guard dogs. Any of them. Yeah. Um. All right. Do we have anything else? We've really rambled on this this one here we got off on a pretty good tangent no. though that was a fun one no that was <laughs> i do appreciate jody challenging people to come at him i'm just saying <laughs> guys floggers are way cool if you think they're dumb you haven't seen it in action yeah if you think they're dumb you're dumb basically for sure kyle will back me up on this 
Oh yeah, dude. Uh, anyone wants to fight you, and also, I will drive down there in a quick 12 hours. I bet Scott Dobson would back me Vermont. up on this. And Scott Dobson, like, pretty tall, athletic, like, looking dude. I'm pretty sure he's a good man to have on your side in a fight. Oh, and the Johnstons would, and they're both oh yeah, they're uh, hockey brawlers, hockey players. So, <laughs> so yeah, they love fighting. Yeah, so what, Team Flogger, uh, it's got me, and then like people who are actually worth something. So <laughs> that's okay if you just smack talk to get people, you know, riled up. That's all you need. That's your job. Okay, this is great. I love it. Um, <laughs> if you want to talk about floggers or anything else, where can people uh, contact us? Well. You can shoot us an email, uh, podcast at flwfishing.com. Send us your thoughts. Challenge us to a fight. Uh, <laughs> give us your opinion. Tell us what else in fishing is stupid. I don't yeah. know. Just hit us up with an I email. I would like to know what else in fishing is stupid. Also, I think in an upcoming segment, we're going to talk about the genesis of five bass limits and sort of how that became such a common thing. Uh or at least in sort of higher level tournaments and where that's at now. Uh, I sent an email to Ken Duke the other day. Uh, Hunter, gosh, I should look up his last name to make sure I get this right. Me and a dude on Twitter who, when my app opens, I will know who it is. Hunter Massey, we're talking Mm -hmm. about five bass limits. Like, I want to talk about this because it's a cool, I think it's going to be a cool segment of bass fishing history. But if you have any insight on that uh, or speculation that you want to throw out, feel free to hit me up. Uh, and then I like it. Let's see. I guess flwfishing.com is your home for all things. Next week we've got the Costa on Champlain. It's going to be awesome. Kyle, you and I are definitely going to podcast before that thing because how can I resist that kind of excuse to talk about Champlain that much? <laughs> then we got St. Clair coming up right after. No kidding. Uh, oh, dude, it's going to be a great stretch of tournaments. It's going to be so great. Might even see a top ten come out of the South End on Champlain this year, which could be fun i'm just saying it might it might happen it's not a lock it might uh let's see like it flw fishing on facebook youtube twitter instagram flw official on snapchat on uh on youtube we've got a video sort of a day five-esque video uh doing a little sight fishing it probably could have used a flogger uh on clear lake probably could have wayne Brazil, who we've called Wayne Breezily a lot, uh, who won the Coast FLW Series event out there. Uh, also, I expect some uh, probably prime Kentucky slash Barkley footage coming up shortly. Uh, my GoPros, some of them ran, some of them didn't. Some of the footage I got was sweet. Some of it includes Andy Morgan. So, you got that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle, you're on Instagram at Kyle Lumber. I'm at Jody Blanco. Is there anything else? No, there is not. Uh, safe travels back to your homeland, Jody. Uh, to everyone else, uh, I guess, you know, whatever. We'll talk to you next week. See you. <laughs>